welcome to the Way Niagara podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Berta, here with Chris Doglish and Steve Lamar. A little bit later, we'll be continuing in our conversation about the book, What If Jesus Were Serious About the Church? But we just want to have some fun. We just want to have some open conversation, just as three guys that are close friends, and the two across the table from me are cousins, and so get to see some of that family connection. So, Chris, why don't you just get us started? What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, this week I've been uh, thinking about community dynamic because we're, we're a church that pursues wholeness of health. And I love that we're engaging mental health. I think churches have not been good at that. They've, they have not championed mental health um, for generations. And I think this generation is stepping up to do that. Um, we, spiritual health, obviously, that's, that's kind of the core of who we are as a church. Like you want people to grow spiritually. You want them to be discipled. You want them to develop into uh, the best human beings that, that they can be here on earth. And also physical health. We're also not very good at that. We like to sit around and have potlucks, but I don't know if we've ever had too many churches with walking clubs or or exercise groups, uh, maybe a little bit more now than uh, in the past 40 years. But um, one thing that I really noticed, like, is if you're, if you're pursuing mental health and you're pursuing spiritual health and you're pursuing physical health, I find that there's a fourth piece of that that's missing. And I think it's kind of the center. If you picture those as a triangle... In the center of it is is an even more important health, which is community health. And that's important because you need a community to help you through all the other points of health. Like your mental health journey is going to be significantly better if you have a community supporting you in that. So is your physical health journey. Like if you have people to walk with you or you have people to exercise with you or people to encourage you in your weight loss journey, that just makes it so much more better. It increases and enhances the experience. And also in your, in your spiritual health journey, like having a community behind you that supports you, that's pushing you, that's encouraging you is important. So I think that one of the missing pieces of that conversation is the need for community health. And I think that's something that we are good at, at Way, and, and especially uh, the, the three of us, like we love doing community with, with other people and pursuing all of the healths like to, it's pretty cool to me that tonight Jordan who was a little early instead of coming over here and you know watching TV on my couch or playing video games or something decided he's going to go hit the walking track over at the Smithville uh, the Smithville Community Center and and it's, you know he's pursuing his physical health he's I know he's pursuing his his mental health because we're talking about that constantly but also he's pursuing his spiritual health because we're seeing discipleship and our community at way is doing it together and I just use Jordan as an example because I know there's many others in the same boat but I love the fact that we are doing this and we're doing it naturally yeah there's nothing there's nothing awkward about it like even we had our Thursday night gathering last week and Chris and I went for a walk after. Yeah. Took a couple laps around the building. There's there is something to doing something together. And and it's great. Sit on the couch, have a conversation, and especially when it's colder weather and all mm. that. But I, I totally get that. And for years that's been a lot of what I've done. You know, coffees with people and that. And that's great. Mm. But there's something about like action yeah. and activity that brings a different dimension to this. And I'll be honest, I am just coming out of a bit of a journey where I feel like the only part of health that was actually functioning the way it should was community health. Mm. Mentally, physically, and spiritually, 
I was completely weak and depleted. Mm. The one thing that was strong was community. It's not crazy. <laughs> and that was what helped mm-hmm. pull the other three back into alignment. Yeah. And it's been really important. Like the three of us, we talk almost every day over text. And sometimes it's sending ridiculous memes <laughs> to each other. <laughs> most times, yeah. But yeah. then it also <laughs> comes to like a deep conversation like, you know, what do you think I should do in this situation? Yeah. Or I just had a really bad day at work. Can you pray for me? Mm-hmm. Like the fact that we are, it is more than just a working relationship. And I realize that, you know, when we go to work, we don't always have that kind of opportunity. But sometimes I've seen teams and leadership in churches become all about the task. Mm-hmm and not have relationship. But I think what's been really cool within Way is that we have put that community Mm -hmm. front and center. Mm -hmm. And we're able to kind of flow with each other's lives. And when I'm down and struggling, I come and spend an afternoon at Chris's place and Mm -hmm. things are a lot better. And if Chris is having a situation that he's struggling with, he'll reach out. And because none of us are better than each other, none of us are putting each other on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. We all know that we're going to have days that are better than others. And we are all willing to step in and encourage each other, support each other in in those kinds of moments. Mm -hmm. And I think so... I mean, I'm trying to develop a thought because I'm going to do a, a, I'm going to speak at a friend's church this week and I'm talking about FAQs, frequently asked questions. And part of it is, you know, about the healthy church. What does a healthy church look like? And I think that that's where this whole thought of uh, the community health is, is essential to those other three um, types of health. But I am an extrovert. So I am naturally going to gravitate to that community, and so is Jordan. So I think, like, I'd love to hear from Steve as someone who's actually naturally introverted uh, and married to, like, the most introverted person. Yeah. How does how do you engage community? Because I know how I do it, and I know how Jordan does that, but but people who, who have that introverted tendency, what can you encourage to the listeners that that are walking in your, your shoes? Here's the fun part. Being bipolar, I am naturally introverted, but when I hit mania, I'm extroverted. (laughs) That's true, yeah. So when I'm introverted, it is very much about the one-on-one, and there is one word that comes up over and over and over and over when we're dealing with community, and that's accountability. Mm. You need that accountability to deal with all the different healths that we're talking about. Um, So for me... It's accountability in my smaller community when I'm feeling that introverted, I need to be in, I need to be closed, I need to recharge. Mm. Um, But then I get into that one-on-one and it's like being an extrovert. I start to get recharged by these people that I'm dealing with. Um, So I'd say like that's really big thing to push yourself for is if you're feeling like I don't want to deal with community, but you understand you need it, Mm -hmm. take a chance reach out to someone that you know is willing to sit down with you and just talk it out, talk everything out. Anything that's bothering you, break it down, take it out together. The two of you, it doesn't matter if they're your equal in your mind, if there's someone that you honor and they sit slightly higher in your Mm -hmm. mind, just 
get out with someone that you trust, someone that's part of your community, and take time to talk. Take time to break down the issues. Is it possible to be so introverted that you never feel lonely? That's a great question. I almost wonder if that is the start of depression, to be honest. Mm. That's where my brain goes immediately. Is if, if I'm trying to fully retreat, that's not good health in any way. Yeah. I think that's what we're looking at, is it's your mental health. If you reach that point that you don't want to be in community, uh, it's probably something with your mental health, and I can't diagnose, but that's my thought. Yeah. And I'll throw a contrary thought out there because I do think that there are some people that thrive mm-hmm. in in that kind of way. Yep. And they're what I find though in that situation is the people that I know that are that are most like that actually tend to be very spiritually healthy. So I can think of a number of people that are very introverted and prefer time alone. They don't go to big parties. They don't do all this kind of thing. They choose their situations wisely as to who they spend to spend with. Mm-hmm. But that time that they do spend is incredibly rich. Yeah. And because they might only see one or two people a week, right. but those are going to be powerful experiences because they're in a way they get to pour out mm. yep. the amount that, you know, that God has put into them. Like you think about you know, other traditions where there's, you know, monks and monasteries and, and all these, like, mm-hmm. you know, vows of silence and like these kinds of things. I think that, yeah, that's risky. And there are definitely very few people that can do that very well. But I know in my circle that there are a, a number of people and some that I've been very close to that it's been like, it's been amazing to see that it's like, yeah, they have like one person that they'll focus on. But that's going to be incredibly rich mm-hmm. and like just amazing to be a witness to. Yeah. yeah, I think it's when you fully shut the door. That's when it gets concerned. For sure. For yeah, sure. when you're looking two, three weeks not having that community, you've mm. probably reached a problem. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's some, that's some incredible thoughts from you guys. And it's going to help me really develop what I'm uh, journeying towards. And uh, hey, if you're listening to this and you're craving community... Uh, we encourage you to reach out to Chris at wayniagara.ca, Jordan at wayniagara.ca, or Steve at wayniagara.ca, and uh, connect with any of us. We're all uh, we're all pumped to con- to get to know you, and to just encourage you, um, even if your community is just one of us. I know that there's certain members uh, of Way who listen to the podcast but don't connect to the the larger group events. Uh, that that spend one-on-one time with me, and that might be church to them. And I'm okay with that. Like, gone are the days of everything being us engaging you on Sunday and see you next week. Like, we want to do community with you. So, hey, we're, we're praying for you. We love you. And we would love to see your, your, your face at one of our events. But if, if you're in a place where anxiety won't let you do that, reach out to us. We'd love to just even just chat. And that uh, triggered a question for me, actually, that I want to ask both of you guys. So we talk a lot about how we function as a church and how we're going to grow through discipleship. Mm -hmm. So my question is, what is discipleship to you? Hmm. That's a great question. 
I'll let Jordan go because I will totally, <laughs> totally run you guys over on this. Go ahead, Jordan. I think for me, the the phrase I like to to, to use is helping people take their next step. Mm-hmm. And okay. and and I say that because, and it's not like here are the ten steps that you have to take. It's just we are all on a progression. Yep. And as long as you're growing, and as long as you're doing something, the next stretch, the next thing, you're moving in the right direction. And mm-hmm. so every person's step might be a little bit different. So in a discipleship journey, they might need to focus more on certain areas because there's there's a certain sin in their life, and that's the thing that they need to to deal with or something that the Holy Spirit is doing with them. I'm not trying to prescribe what those steps are, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but when I'm talking to people and trying to mentor and coach and encourage, my question always is, what is the next right thing that you need to do? Beautiful. What is the next thing yep. that Jesus is asking you yep. to do? Because if you're going to do the next thing that Jesus asks you to do, the Holy Spirit is going to empower you to do it. Oh, yeah. I see discipleship as multi-layered. Like there's different ways that you will disciple others. If you're if you are a disciple maker, you would be discipling everyone that comes into your circle in some way, shape, or form. Because I think that the point of discipleship is to walk them through those points of health. Hmm. Right? You're gonna walk with them through mental health, you're gonna walk with them through spiritual health, you're gonna walk with them through physical health, you're gonna walk with them through community health. That is the the foundational the the zeal behind discipleship. But I think even greater than that is is a disciple making to disciple leaders, right? Because you can disciple people that they're on a healing journey. They're not going to give anything back to the community, to the church, to your relationship with them. But then there's this next step, and, and that's when you have discipled leaders. You've spent time pouring into leaders. Like I will speak of our dear friend Trisha, right? I poured into Trisha. She was one of my youth leaders for many years to the point that not only did she know what I wanted her to do on, on one of our, our event nights, but she knew what I liked and what I didn't like. In that she would she would be able to recognize, oh, Chris isn't going to like this. Or, or, oh, yeah, Chris will think that's really funny. Because we have a relationship of trust where I trust her and she could trust me. And like now she's on our board. Do you see? The discipleship hasn't stopped. It's changed. Now she's a leader that has my back as we plant this church, right? How crazy is that? That she was a, uh, one of the pe- people that I could go, hey, Trisha, can you run the, the tuck shop for me? And I know that she'd, she'd be 100% accurate with all of the money. She would be uh, above board. She would be the perfect person to run that because she's, she's discipled to do that. She's also just a kind and generous person. So she's also buying the kids, you know, tuck shop food which is great or giving stuff away. Cause I didn't honestly didn't care about the money side of it, but you know, the fact that I had her and I could trust her to be there and now here she is, she's got my back. She's actually overlooking, you know, the financial side of our board of our church. Think about that discipleship journey, right? And discipling leaders is so different than that. Just like that, that, that surface level discipleship where you're doing those different points of health with people. Discipling leaders is about, building their trust and building their their trust their trust bank account with God where they they can lead where I'm sick and they take over mm-hmm. you know what I mean they step in and they know how I would like it and they do things and it has nothing to do with with me anyways but the fact that I've invested enough into their life 
to see these leaders released. And that's really where, where we're trying to go with Way, right? Developing leaders that will eventually become home church pastors, right? That's, that's our end goal. And if you're part of our, our Thursday night gatherings at the uh, West Lincoln Community Center, that's hopefully through discipleship and through the moving of the Holy Spirit, you will be equipped to be a home church pastor or a home church support leader of some type. Amen. Because that's where we want to go. But you know what? Right now, we're not in that phase where we have those people that we can release. So we're building. We're building those people. And it's going to take a time. It's going to take a season of us going like, because there's no model for us to follow. We have to, we have to change and adapt. And so, like, what you'll find, and I, and the, you, the leaders in the board, you guys joke about this with me, that, like, I'm really quick to, to kill things that don't bear fruit. Sometimes I will not even give it enough time to let it bear fruit if it's not bearing fruit quick enough to, for me. Like, you know, we, we rented that hall in Grassy that was costing us a lot of money. It was draining our bank account. And the fruit was, like, it was... Limited. Limited. It was limited, and we had better fruit when we were meeting in a home groups. So why are we spending thousands of dollars to gather and have a, like, a home group at a hall with lots of people at it when we could just throw it into homes? And so, yeah, it kind of limits who's coming and whatnot, and I don't have to rely on my friends so much. You're not seeing a lot of my friends floating around who are attendees or, or even pastors at other churches coming in to help us out. But here's the thing. I want us to lean on our people and develop our people because that's what discipleship is about. Mm-hmm. And so you're hearing from me. If you're listening to this podcast and you are connected to Way, I believe that you are called to plant this church, not me. You are called to plant this church. I am called to you, to shepherd you, to train and equip and release you. But I am not called to this church you are and that's discipleship when I was really really struggling I was at work one day and I'm just grateful that I'm in a Christian environment and I went to just a couple of my colleagues and I'm like I am having just a terrible day and I just feel like there's some kind of something coming against me here. And so there was just this great time of prayer that was really encouraging. And there were some things that were spoken over me. And unbeknownst to him, five minutes later after that conversation, Chris texted me saying almost exactly what those co-workers had said. And then, and the reason I'm thinking about it right now is then he added that part. You know, you're a part, you you are called to this and I'm called to you. And I remember, like I was on the phone with a volunteer that I'm supposed to be training. And I saw this text right before I took the call. Two minutes in, I was too busy sobbing. Oops. So I'm like, I have to go. I hung up the call and I went for a walk and just was so overwhelmed with God's goodness. Yeah. And I was really, at this point, I was really scared Hmm. for myself and if there was a future. 
Mm-hmm. I was getting a bunch of tests and I was really not in a good spot. And so I'm going for a walk and this is precipitated by, again, what my colleague said and then what Chris said. I went for a walk and I've been crying out to God, God, help me with this. And I pull out my cell phone just to listen to music because I just needed to reflect. And normally my phone doesn't just open to like a song. But that time it did. And it wasn't a song. It wasn't the last song I had listened to. It just showed up on my phone. And the song that came up was a song called I Know He Heard My Prayer. <laughs> wow. That's wild. And, I, and I'm like, and so all of these, all of these things happened in, in order. And, and the reason I bring this up is this is what happens mm-hmm. when we have discipleship happening. When Chris feels like at any time of the day, he has something on his heart to say to me, he can text me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he may not have realized in the moment how much I needed it. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Or yeah. the fact that somebody else has said the exact same thing five minutes earlier. Yeah. yeah. But this is what happens when we are all in discipleship relationships mm-hmm. going forward together. Community. And when you're willing to say it. Because I've talked to many people that have like, oh, I've thought something about you. Mm-hmm. I've thought about you. I prayed for you, but I never said anything. Yeah. And you know what? That's okay. You don't maybe you don't maybe you don't have to say something every time. That's fine. But when you feel the urge that you need to say something, and I'm just going to bring that up, like if if you're thinking about someone right now that's on your heart, say something. Yep. Encourage. Bring it up. Because that has a lot of power and can, can change the trajectory of someone's day or could even change the trajectory of someone's life. And that is a really powerful thing. And it brings us to that point in the book, and we're going to continue our conversation on What If Jesus Was Serious About the Church by Sky Jatani. And Sky talks about how if Jesus was serious, then a church must define a disciple before it can make them. And we have already been talking about that. But one of the things about being someone that is a disciple maker, even us, even pastors, it doesn't matter how long you've been on your spiritual journey, you need someone. And uh, the Bible even talks about, you know, Paul having Timothy and and Timothy having people, that he, like, it's, it's a cycle that keeps on going. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, how has that kind of worked for you? Because mm-hmm. you are spending a lot of your time discipling all of the leaders and people around Way. What is, what do, how are you getting filled in discipleship? How are you being led? Yeah, that's, a, that's an awesome question because to be a disciple maker, you also have to have been discipled or be currently discipled. Because as I'm pouring out myself... There's also somebody pouring into me and there's a few men specifically that are constantly pouring into me and shout out to the couple podcasts ago when we had Randy and Ed, like those guys are those guys. Uh, Randy especially is constantly uh, texting me and pouring into me and sharing ideas and sharing concepts of uh, where he's at uh, as an apostle because, you know, I was trained in a Bible school that taught you how to be a pastor but didn't know what apostles were, never defined an apostle. So looking at where we're at with Way, and recognizing that what I'm doing is apostolic, I needed to reach out to people who I know have apostolic giftings, 
And that's why God brought Randy Cox into my life. Because he's walking an apostolic journey and pouring into me as I'm pouring into you guys. And it's important to me because it's not something that I was trained in Bible school. There's no training for apostles really out there. Uh, I know there's like stuff in the States now, this new apostolic uh, reformation kind of stuff. But I mean, I went to Bible school over 20 years ago, right? So it was about pastors, pastoring pastors. And now we're into this, this different phase where, you know, we're, we're just about discipleship. Doesn't matter what which one of your five gifts are. You need to be discipling, and pouring into others, and 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 helping the church to increase, because you pouring into others allows them to pour into others, and allows them to pour into others. That's where uh, discipleship happens. The the best is when people are pouring constantly, cyclically, mm-hmm. into each other. I was out for a walk with a friend yesterday, and we're talking about you know, the history of Niagara Falls. And, you know, you talk, I just think about, like, the water pouring over, and it goes into the other lakes, and water moves around, and it can, you know, be involved in hydro, and it can move, and you see the locks and the well and canal. Like, there is such a power when the current is channeled properly, the impact that that can have. And so, yeah, we can have all this great spiritual energy, but if we're not channeling it and focusing it well, then we're just going to have a lot of people that know a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that treat their faith as an academic pursuit as opposed to seeking to be a disciple and a disciple maker. And and that's what we're, that's what we are trying to do here. Mm -hmm. That is... The difference, yeah, our formats might be different, but that's the reason. That is why, because we want to be a part of what God is doing in this generation and in this era and this time and space, because we are here and now to impact people here and now. And yeah, that looks different. And it's been really fun because even 10 years ago, you wouldn't have had a podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, when I was, you know, late in high school, people told me I had a voice for radio. And so I was considering, you know, pursuing a career in radio. Little did I know that, you know, down the road, I would be in a place where I'm, I've hosted multiple podcasts. Because that's today's expression mm-hmm. of that kind of communication. And it will allow us to reach farther than any radio broadcast could have ever dreamed. That's right. And so it's just really interesting to see. And because we're just trying to just make a difference. Hmm. Yeah, I'd say something that sticks out to me with discipleship is I'm finding walking with way. I'm taking a lot of stuff that I learned on my own that's head knowledge. It's stuff that I've learned. It's very thorough. It's very detailed because that's the kind of person I am when it comes to studying. But it's becoming heart knowledge. It's becoming something I believe. It's becoming something I can apply. And that's been amazing in this discipleship process. And really, I hope that if you're walking with way, you feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the living word, right? It can't just be something that you hear. It has to be something that's alive in you. And I have to admit, that's not always comfortable. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's another thing that Sky talks about in the book where he says, 
if Jesus was serious, then the church should be challenging rather than comfortable. Yeah. And what do you think about when you think about comfortability? Let me tell you, every time where I was starting to recognize when I was working in churches uh, as an employee, every time it was time for me to transition, I felt very comfortable in that space. It was like, this is like home. This is easy. This is, this is relaxing. I have a high level of comfort here. And then in my final tenure, recognizing that again, it was like, oh, you're kidding me. Like when I came to that, like, yep, I can, I can literally, you know, I spend more time here in this building than I spend in my own house on some weeks. And, um, it's like, it's become home. It's become comfortable. I'm like, oh, that's not good. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not growing if I'm comfortable. And it's usually a sign of like, okay, time to take a big step because you're, you've grown as much as you can in this space. And now you're just like a, a potted plant, right? Your, your roots can only go as deep as that plant pot allows them to go. Right. So, you know, that's part of the comfort, like, okay, I'm happy here. I can't grow any further, but that's okay. Or you go, well, here's the big step. And I think that that's one of the things about a disciple making church is you're forcing people to make big steps sometimes. And it gets real uncomfortable real fast. But we're not telling you to make big steps, number one, that we're not trying to take ourselves. That's right. And we're not making you do it alone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the difference. That makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. So this section really hit me where I was going, okay, so what happens when you're comfortable? So I did a ton of research on it, and I kind of wish I didn't spend this much time on it. But... When you're comfortable, that's when you start to get stuck. And Chris actually hit the main point that comes up repeatedly. If you are comfortable, you are not growing. That's one of the main points that comes through in this entire section. I took a look through it. So what was Jesus like? One of his main things he was doing was he was growing people. Mm -hmm. So taking a look at it, Jesus didn't come with the stories that they knew from the Old Testament, and that's it. Here, follow these steps, you're good to go to heaven. Jesus came at them with parables. Parables were challenging. These were things they'd never heard before. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to see those stories and realize Jesus was teaching them in a way that they would be forced to grow if they start digging into it. Yep. And here's, here's what I'll say, too. Like, this season of way has there's been times where i've just been absolutely terrified like i i'm like i am afraid to to do this or i'm not sure if this is the right choice i'm not sure if we should spend this money but here's the thing for all the fear that i feel or or if that's the right word i fear god more Mm -hmm. i fear and revere him more than I fear being uncomfortable. And when he's calling us to do something bigger than I'm comfortable with, I actually want to do that. Because it's going to be something that, yeah, we're going to be stretched and I'm going to have to lean on people 
because it's obviously outside my purview if I'm not comfortable. But he has the ability to kick open doors, to bring people in from the outside I had no idea were coming, mm-hmm. to find money where there was no money, to find um, workers where there was no workers, to find volunteers where there weren't volunteers, to find favor in a community where there was never favor. And that's where my fear of God will always outweigh my fear of moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I think about the scripture that says, and he that has started a good work in you will carry it through to completion. Come on. That's important to remember. And I just, as we end, I just want you to reflect. What is the work that God is doing in you? What is the thing that is being completed in you? And if you want to share that with us, or if you want to share any thoughts, you can email any one of us, but you could also email podcast at wayneniagra.ca. We would love to hear your reflections and be part of this journey with you. And to learn more about anything else um, related to Way, go to wayneniagra.ca or follow us on social media. But um, all of that to say, this has been really great, guys, mm-hmm. to, oh, yeah. just yeah. to have this conversation and just to let everybody in on what's on our hearts and where we're headed. And we invite you at the pace that you are ready yep. mm-hmm. to become a part of this. Yes, we want to challenge you, but we don't want to overwhelm you. Come on. Hey, man, I came and in not even ready to do church and look where I am today. Yep. Exactly. See, yep. God can do amazing work in, yep. in unexpected ways. And so just be open yep. to the unexpected and just be a witness mm-hmm. to the work that God wants to do in your life. And so with that, I'm signing off. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye for now.